passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live, everybody. Oh, my God. It is the Cafe Hangout where we have just broken our record for our first phone call that came literally one second into the I show. Know, shit. I am John Pollock and waiting and our patient audience. Uh, we will be getting to your phone calls a little later on. So just uh, bear with us. Rude my we, jam. Rude, you know, rude. I, I haven't even taken my coat off yet. Just yeah. a second. Just a second. All right. I was like waiting for the music to fade out. And because I'm running all this shit off of my phone. Shh. Oh, sorry. We... We were rudely interrupted. Oh, man. Uh, the, all, all our engineers in the back, our multiple producers and cameramen are just like <laughs> shaking their head. That's like, man, this is a hundred person operation here. No, Wait, uh, this is produced, directed, edited by way. Caller, please call back uh, at a little bit uh, later on. We will want, uh, definitely get to your call as well as everybody in the chat room right now. But uh, for now, how you doing, John? I'm doing well, Way. Uh, hello and ev- uh, welcome everybody to the Cafe Hangout, our yep. official greeting to you. Uh, I really like these on Thursdays now. I think these are really fun. They're, yeah. It's very immediate. After Wednesday night, we have lots to discuss. It's a very busy week, as most weeks are going to be. And on today's show, no guest. Instead, we are going to be focusing on phone calls. Uh, we were deciding you know, whether or not to have a guest, and I thought just for this show, we want to get as many calls as possible. And, and as well, you can check in through uh, the YouTube player. The, the chat room uh, and the YouTube channel, uh, for those of you who uh, are patrons, of course, you'll have received a link in your email directing you to the chat room every single week. So uh, check that out. And hello to everybody that's in there right now. Hello, Mitch. Hello, Joel. Doug Greenwood. Craig. Philip. All you guys. What is up? Well, we have a lot to discuss. Of course, in the immediate future is Friday Night Smackdown with the draft. And we now have rules for the draft. Um, as well, they've announced that on SmackDown Friday night, the show is going to open up with Seth Rollins representing Raw, taking on Roman Reigns on SmackDown, and the winner of that match, their brand will get the first pick in the draft. So then, how does this draft work? That's what I was asking on Monday night. We now have answers, and here are the draft rules. Yes, as uh, I try to actually bring this up on. on well, the as you're bringing which... it up, I'm going to mention some of the personalities that are scheduled to appear on these draft shows. We have, I believe, these are all for SmackDown because this looks to be all. Um, oh, it's it's a mix of you know NBC Universal and Fox personalities. Uh, Kevin Burkhart and Frank Thomas, Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Jimmy Johnson, and Tony Gonzalez. Um, I'm not going to read all of these. There's a long list here. Carissa Thompson, Michael Vick, Rob Stone, the former 24-7 champion, Urban Meyer, Dulé Hill, formerly of uh, the West Wing and Suits, James Roday, 
Marcus Lemonis. I'm butchering that name. Rodney Harrison. Okay. A lot, lot of personalities here. Some known, some unknown to uh, the outside world. But those are some of the personalities that will be uh, involved. And then the actual rules. Over se- This is right from WWE.com. Over 70 superstars, as well as tag teams, are eligible for selection in this year's draft. SmackDown will draft 30 superstars. Raw will select another 41. Since SmackDown is a two-hour show and Raw is a three-hour show, every two picks that SmackDown makes, Raw will receive three. Tag teams will count as one pick unless Fox or USA Network specifically wants to pick one superstar from the team. Which, logically, does that make any sense? Like, if you wanted to draft Montez Ford, wouldn't you just draft both of them? Yeah. But but I guess, okay. It takes up a slot. It takes up a slot. You're right. That does make logical sense because if you don't want Angelo Dawkins, freeze up a slot to grab someone else. So it actually does make sense if there's a number limit. So all that talk about tag teams potentially being split up was... No, it could could happen. They could split up teams if they choose to pick one and not the other. I see. I see. So that works. Any undrafted superstars will immediately be declared free agents and able to sign with the brand of their choosing. Okay. That's, so, that's different from previous years. Yeah, yeah. So in theory, you'll have free agents coming off of Friday and off of Monday, which they could announce online the next day on Saturday, Sunday, or Tuesday after Raw. So that is how it'll work. And I'm assuming it'll go two pick. Like if SmackDown wins the match, they'd get their two picks. Then Raw gets three back and forth throughout the show. Yes. Yes. I think so. And I it continues no on Monday. Uh, th- this makes a, a little bit more sense. Sure, okay. We we at least have a, a structure now. Yeah, to, to yeah. I like it. I like the fact that the it seems like this year maybe they're going for a more sports-oriented feel. And hopefully the presentation will will, uh, will, will will be the same as well. Any any expectation on how this will do on SmackDown Week 2 on Fox? Um, I think it'll do well. I don't think it'll be as, as well as, as last week. What was, what was the final number last week? It was about 3.9. 3.9. I'm going to venture to guess maybe 3.5. 3.5? That's kind of my over-under uh, amount. I'm thinking it's going to do 3.3 3 to 3.5 is kind of my range. Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit of a wide range, but I think I think it's kind of impossible to expect them to maintain what they did last week uh, and this week. And, and I don't feel the draft has been promoted as hard this week as maybe I anticipated. But yeah. um, that's the notable news on the draft, and certainly we'll be discussing that heavily in detail Friday night for members of the Post Wrestling Cafe with Rewind a Smackdown. Uh, yeah, I'm being informed that some of you might be having trouble logging in through the uh, Patreon link, so apologies for that. I will uh, try to update that at the at the moment. So, um, yeah. Do you want to chat a bit about uh, NXT, or do you yes. want me to go into it? Uh, why don't you uh, tell us your thoughts first, John? Okay, so NXT on Wednesday night, it was our second head-to-head week, and I thought that throughout the week, this was a show that was not promoted as heavily as you would think coming off of last week's outcome. It felt to me like a show that they went out, they had, there were some hot matches on the show. You could certainly argue Walter and Kushida was the best match on either program, but I really felt this week like this is the show that is clearly playing catch up to AEW that came out with all of the buzz last week. And NXT is in the spot at the moment where they feel like they are now trying to catch up to them. It was less of a difference last week to me in terms of the environment. But this week, it really did seem to me that the, the arena is notable. And I don't think that NXT just simply leaving full sale 
uh, cures them of their problems. I don't know if NXT would necessarily be better served going to bigger arenas, but it really did hit me uh, watching this the, the morning after. You know, in some ways, I, I feel like if I had my choice between the two shows, I might actually consider watching NXT first and then AEW because I think it's a lot easier to maybe go from maybe a more of an intimate setting show to a bigger setting show. And in the end, ultimately you're still going to make those comparisons. But I think going from like the grandeur of like, you know, a full, full arena that we see in AEW to maybe a more intimate setting it, you can't help, but like notice those differences even more. Um, I feel like this week it's, inevitably they were setting themselves up for a come down from the huge show that they stacked uh, on, on Monday so to me, this felt. You mean little... last Wednesday's NXT? Yeah, sorry, last yeah. Wednesday's NXT. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, but you know, I I feel like this felt like a show that was a lot more reminiscent of the NXT of old, uh, a lot more kind of feature on I think your mid to upcoming talent, um, maybe one really hot match in the body of the show to kind of get you interested. Uh, I feel like they did a lot of work in maybe reestablishing the cruiserweight title as their own. I'm not exactly sure if Leo Rush is the guy to like, you know, make that distinction. Like to me, the challenge is that with the cruiserweight belt, you kind of have to make it feel special, and I think it's almost tougher to do that within NXT when the style, for the most part, throughout the entire roster, is a cruiserweight style. So was Leo Rush the guy to make that unique and and make it feel special? Yeah, you. Uh, I think to really differentiate it, you need someone you know at the scale of of a ricochet that's going to do stuff that is so out of this world that it is unique to him. Um, but I, I thought this week, those two hours to me, it, it felt like a long show in NXT. I right. thought the two hours is it's a long ask. Um, whether it's people watching it on Wednesday night immediately after AEW, even the next day, like to me, just as a two hour show, it, it felt too long for me. And I also think that. You know they are still very much hanging their hat on on wrestling matches, and I don't know if that's going to appeal to the larger audience out there that may be consuming all of this. I think we got a much more well-rounded show out of AEW, um, save for the you know even like the building up the matches for next week. It was to me there wasn't the same. I feel they're appealing to the same audience that was watching this to begin with, and it wasn't necessary. I don't think you're expanding your base if it was people that were just sampling last week and maybe tuned back in this week it just it just felt like a very clear distinction of which was the superior show on wednesday night yeah yeah that said though my favorite match of the night across both shows was walter versus Kushida. yeah it was a great match for my own personal preference i liked it more than the uh, my favorite match on AEW, which was the bucks versus private party um i still have to pitch myself sometimes to to, to realize that like we got walter versus Kushida. On a main event on USA television. Isn't that crazy? Um, they also, you know, did some uh, promotion of yeah, Finn Balor coming back next week. I feel like they really should have hit home the fact that Tommaso Ciampa was having his return match next week as well. They yeah. Did, they saved that for the very end. They saved it for the end. They did announce for next week Ciampa versus Angel Garza, which was set up backstage. The rematch between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic that they're pushing as the rubber match. Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest that was set up last week. And Tegan Knox in action as well, coming back from her injury. As well, two weeks from now, Roderick Strong, Velveteen Dream for the North American title, where... We saw we we were wondering what will be the first go to WWE trope. Will they try and get out of the arena? Will they do surprise appearances or will they go to Photoshop? 
way. They they surprised us with with Photoshop. A, a way more, I would say, PG thirteen Photoshop that you would typically. Yes, get. Roderick Strong lost his penis. Yes, yes. Um, uh, maybe. Um, I don't know if it's the type of like you know uh, level of of I would say like risque or edginess that I really care to see in in my professional wrestling. But nonetheless, I think drawing a very clear line about the type of humor. That ultimately, I feel, was more effective than what the equivalent you would typically see of something like this on Raw, which would be like, I don't know, maybe like Roderick Strong's face on like a a, a, a really old lady. That's- how how about the double entendres from Beth Phoenix during Brizongo's entrance as she's talking about all these um, uh, construction references, including cleaning out her pipes, to which Moro uh, responded... Does someone need a cold shower? I'm getting Adams on line one. <laughs> so we had that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. I didn't think too much of it, you know? Listen, I just think this is a show that um, it, it dragged for me going two hours. But huh. it did have a really great main event on it. But I thought that this, like, it just feels like NXT is is playing catch up here. And I, I just feel that AEW certainly to me felt like the more dynamic lively show on wednesday and uh, i thought there was quite a quite a noticeable gap and i think that the audience will reflect that and my final point on that is that as we're looking at you know whether they're trying to counter one another i think it's very notable that tnt aew they went with the strategy on wednesday night that in case this show gets moved off of tnt we're going to simulcast on true tv as well because this was this has been brought up a lot the fact that well with nxt the replay is the next day on the WWE Network. Well, for the second straight week, TNT put the replay of Dynamite immediately after at 10 p.m. So they're willing to sacrifice the 8 to 10 number with an immediate replay because we want to reach the most amount of people. Yep. We're not worried about that maybe siphoning off the audience to go to NXT from 8 till 10. So to me, AEW and TNT have put themselves at the disadvantage if you're torn between both shows. They've given you the option. You can watch our show at 10 right after NXT. And I, I think that's that's very notable that they're playing the game of we want to attract the most people possible and not worry about head-to-head stuff, at least to that degree where we're potentially hurting ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think WWE should be very much in that position as well, though they do have, I, I guess, the added benefit of, you know, having an established brand through years of, like, having NXT on the on the network. It's a different game, I would say, for them because they have to ensure that the network audience is satisfied while making sure the USA uh, executives are sec- satisfied as well. I, I feel like this was a week where you saw them maybe perhaps more stay the course and not make a show that was, you know, trying to counter anything AEW was doing, which I think is ultimately going to work out. To me, like, it's not a done game. Like, it's not a first-round KO at all. To me, it was like a 10-8 round in the first round, but it still can be very much a fight. NXT, I don't think it'll take a lot for them to, like, catch fire with a great storyline, like you saw with, like, you know, something with, like, Johnny Gargano and and Tommaso Ciampa or, like, like, some of the brilliance that they did over the past years with, like, Aleister Black. I don't think it'll take a lot for, to catch that. Now, what they can't really compete with, of course, is the atmosphere. There's still a great deal of luster and I think like curiosity about what AEW is, what it looks like. That ultimately, to me, I feel will, you know, basically like go away eventually. And all that you're, you'll be left with in the end is how big are your stars? How good are your storylines? How good is your wrestling? So I think you know, three months, four months down the line, if NXT stays the course. 
I think there's still a very good chance that we're, we're going to get a really good fight between the two. If we're looking at this two months in and, you know, granted, we only have the first week. By the end of the show, we'll see the second week numbers. If it continues that pattern, do you think that it was, in hindsight, the right move to do this? A, expanding to two hours. B, on Wednesday nights, head to head with AEW, where they are they are going to be in this position where everyone's going to be looking at their reactionary move. And maybe the long-term game, you shouldn't be hot-shotting and doing stunts and mm. seeing them blow up like last week did. It yeah. did not reach the audience you hoped for, and you burned through stuff. Certainly, if the alternative was to present NXT, let's say, on a Tuesday from 8 to 10, I, I feel like looking at the, the metrics right now, I have to imagine that was probably... In my opinion, I think moving it to Tuesday would to stay away from any AEW comparisons would have been maybe a better call. At the same time, though, is NXT the only thing keeping AEW from re- reaching an even higher number that you know people advertisers will look at as rivaling Raw uh, or 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 maybe not SmackDown, but you know at the very least, like wow, what's this pro- product on Wednesdays that's that's doing as good or better numbers than WWE is? Yeah, I mean, so far, like the head to head, I think it makes. It's legitimized AEW to everyone. Yes. And I go back to when Impact went against Raw. And, you know, that first week you did see them. They had Bret Hart on, which I feel was something they would have done regardless when they finally got the deal together with Bret. The following week they had Mike Tyson on as a guest GM. But largely, Raw did not adjust much. And I think they, even with that big number the first week, and slowly they just kept the course and impact audience diminished. And it could be a case of whether they believe this is going to be a a long-term staying effect for AEW or just the novelty of being new. But I feel like AEW, like they they found their audience and that's their audience to lose um, Mm -hmm. if if they run them off, which I mean, week two, I thought was a really strong follow-up to week one, but we'll see. You've heard our thoughts. Uh, let's go to some of yours. Let's go to our first call. Ooh, a lot of... Uh, Maybe someone on a motorcycle. Yeah. Maybe one of the Forgotten Sons is calling in. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hello? Hi there. Yeah, you have a terrible phone line, but but uh, we want to try to hear your thoughts anyway. What's going on? Hi, it's uh, Jamie from the Royal Livingston Spa. I'm outside. Sorry about the bad line. Uh, I guess when doing the draft, what do you think WWE needs to do to kind of shake up the women's division? Uh, it feels like a very untapped asset this year, uh, and it feels like it's become very centralized around the horsewomen. Where do you think they should go from there? Thank you very much, Kenny. Uh, so in case you didn't hear, he was asking about the uh, women's division and how that might be shaken up in the draft. Well, they've, they've at least teased the idea of Becky and Charlotte being together. Um, I think those are you know your principal characters that you are going to be looking at, whether they look at one show as Becky's show, one as Charlotte's show, and then ultimately um, filling out. Because I think both, you know, with Ronda Rousey gone, the Sasha Banks feud has just wrapped up with, with Becky. I don't think there's really a need to go back to that. You do need to establish some more... Um, some more characters to be at that top level to be able to feud with, with both women. Uh, first of all, do you see Becky and Charlotte uh, being put back together on a show, or do you see them being uh, separate? It would make no sense for them to, I mean, to, to give Charlotte the belt just so that they could, I don't know, pr- probably. T- you would have to take the belt off of one of them, right, in order to put them together on the same show, don't you think? 
Yeah, and I, it doesn't feel like the time for either to lose a belt. At Not the at all. Charlotte just won it. it, makes it they, no they didn't sense. say anything about the, the champions in all of this. Like, presumably, right. the champions can be drafted in this. That's so what they, they said. They didn't say anything about champions are specific to the brand. I think a lot of people are probably looking for Becky Lynch to move to SmackDown in some way, given her presence on, on the debut last week and, and her being a part of all the advertising. I could see them doing a swap where Charlotte goes to Raw and Becky goes to SmackDown. Beyond that, I really want to see them bring back um, people like Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, who have been completely forgotten about, Ember Moon, Naomi. Like, there are all these other women in this division that have received nothing in the past several months because it's been Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans and Charlotte and, you know, to an extent, Bailey and Sasha nonstop. So, man... All, all of these drafts are always a chance for them to like, you know, give give a lot of shine to like uh, talent that hasn't been been developed properly. But um, inevitably, they will kind of rely back on their biggest stars, which you know are Charlotte and uh, Becky and and you know Sa- Sasha Banks. Um, they're also we should mention on NXT like they're clearly building up for Shayna Baszler's next challenger with Rhea Ripley yes. and Bianca Belair both issu- issuing challenges that. Yeah. To me, maybe Ripley is the one you look at to ultimately be the one to to conquer Shayna Baszler. And you have to wonder, once Shayna loses the title, is she earmarked for one of these shows? And do you expect any NXT talent to be thrown in on either of these draft specials? Yeah, it's really interesting to think about. I mean, if anybody was to be a candidate, I think it would have been Shayna. But beyond that... um, you know, I think there are people like Bianca Belair who, once they make it to the main roster, if given a proper storyline, they will be immediate hits. You know, I see great, tra- easy translation for somebody like Bianca Belair. But I also feel like NXT needs as many people as they can right now for their own division. So I'm like, most curious about Matt Riddle. I have no inside yeah. information if he's getting drafted, but the fact that he's coming off the loss to Adam Cole, they're really pushing this Goldberg thing. Mm-hmm. That to me would be something to do maybe on a Fox special. Um, yeah, what did you think? Did you watch The Chronicle? I haven't seen Chronicle yet. Why I not? haven't either, but okay. we've all seen the clip. Do you? What do you think of the clip? I think it's like these guys are ultimately working an angle here. Like that's what I just I let I from the very beginning I was like, okay, this is yeah. a good plan to do a match between them, and I think Riddle's been phenomenal in this. It, part of me wonders if like you know how premeditated it might have been. I don't I don't discount the idea that Riddle just did that on his own, but in the back of everybody's mind, of course. Goldberg included. If they're shooting all this stuff, it's like, okay. They're, they're shooting everything. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. Like, the moment in that moment, everybody's seeing dollar signs. You know, Goldberg, like, is seeing dollar signs in his mind as well. Like, they're, like, they're cutting promos on camera. It's like, sure. it's just a matter of where you do this kind of thing, whether it's. But, but it's believable for a great deal of the audience. Well, and I think great. you need to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that, it just, it screams to me, like, uh, if Bill Goldberg's doing anything, Paul Heyman is attached to it. Sure. So if, t- and to me, I like, no one needs to tell me that Paul Heyman must see enormous potential in Matt Riddle. He represents new blood that yeah. you want to get onto these shows. Like after the draft, it's great to mix it up, but you want some new characters to push. And I, I would, I would look at him as like, maybe it's, it's time to get him up there. Yeah. Um, on, onto NXT. Adam Cole has, he's got more than enough challenges now for the title. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle doesn't have a program. I, I would be moving him up. And if he's, 
you know, given just those hints, you would think Raw would be the destination for him to work with with Heyman and Goldberg. We want to hear your thoughts on uh, all these uh, all these topics as well. Uh, if you have any thoughts on NWA Power, we'll be playing a short clip from John's uh, interview that he just did right before this broadcast with David Lagana talking about the show a little later on. So uh, if you manage to catch that AEW Dark, anything else that's on your mind in professional wrestling, we want to talk to you. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hanzi, you're in the ha- cafe. What's up? What's up, buddy? Uh, I, you know, first of all, I really, I really uh, thought AEW this week uh, was the better show. Even though I immensely jo- I enjoyed uh, Walter and Kushida. Um, I don't know. Pe- pe- I see that I see people like shitting on Jericho's promo, but those are the same people that are based. Like I'm not saying Velveteen Dream's promo was like bad, but the fact that everyone's like, oh my god, it's such a crazy promo. But basically, all he did was say was. Roderick Strong has a small dick. Like it's like nothing different than uh, Raw or SmackDown. But um, the question I the question I have for you guys um, first: uh, Do you guys think that there's going to be more? I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, because Tyson Fury is in WWE, of course, like now, like a lot of his past comments, which are horrendous, um, mm-hmm. if he like really meant them, do you think that's going to serve any backlash? Like 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 notable backlash, or do you think it'll just like you know? <laughs> be something they swipe under the rug and the second question and i'll take your uh your, your answers off the air when uh they do the saudi arabia show when they do the saudi arabia show what do you think they're gonna put on smackdown for that for that week when they do the saudi arabia show because we you think they'll do a woman's evolution like a woman's evolution for that week or do you think like they're gonna do something else like completely different thank you thank you hanzi when they first announced it, I mean, that was the idea I had was do your evolution show on Fox. The fact that you have just separated the rosters, I don't know if you want to just then throw because you'd need everyone mm-hmm. to be on that that one show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the plan is like they're doing a live Smackdown Friday night. And I would imagine, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty tough to get from Saudi Arabia from a Thursday night in Saudi Arabia to I believe it's Newark, New Jersey on Friday night. That's going to be a horrendous period but i imagine they're going to try and get the smackdown talent as much as possible to that smackdown show or book crown jewel omitting a great deal of like you know your top stars you could do that as well i mean when you look at it um brock and cain velasquez are not going to be on smackdown the next day tyson fury and braun Strowman probably don't Mm -hmm. need to be at smackdown and then it comes down to the team flair team hogan teams that maybe you load up on uh, raw talent but there's gonna have to be some that it's gonna be a select few that you want to get onto both shows I really love the idea of like trying to do an all women's uh, evolution show. However, I think you know the point that you bring up of them just playing the rosters is would that be you know the the right time to to do it? Secondly, let's also remember this is going to be a women's roster without the star power of Ronda Rousey. Is that a big risk to put them on Fox? You know, like essentially, who it's Becky, Charlotte, your leads, Sasha as your leads. Uh, who else is like a, a top big enough star that can potentially lead a network TV show in prime time? Yeah, and le- and let's remember, like Evolution was a great show to watch um, until they announced that Ronda Rousey Nikki Bella main event. It's not like that was a giant ticket seller either, and mm. I think you have to look at how how commercially successful was that show last year because if it was this overwhelming hit, it would have been back like they did with with One Night Stand. Hansi's first question was oh about Tyson Fury. Yes. You know, I've I think that people are very much aware of his past comments that are indefensible. Mm-hmm. Um but I 
it, it to me has not been enough of um of a cloud over the usage of Tyson Fury. And I think the fact that Tyson Fury has been very open about mental illness, I think a lot of people overlook some of the comments. And I'm not saying that just, you know, having mental illness excuses comments, but I feel that to, to those that are not being as um showing that that much scrutiny i think i think they look at it as past comments that well what what do you think like do you think that it's been um a prevailing theme over this past week that wwe is utilizing someone like this that has used that kind of language uh, honestly i haven't really heard that much about it other than i think from a few concerned people but you know there's a part of of, of like combat sports especially like you know in boxing where i feel like Let's look at who the WWE has worked with in the past for the boxing world in Mike Tyson and Floyd Mayweather. You know, I feel like certain people, for whatever reason, seem to like get a pass for a lot of these issues. Whereas I think if these same comments were uttered by either like a comedian or a musician or something like that, it would be very different. So um, I, 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 I don't really have like too, too many other thoughts on it other than to say the fact that I don't think it'll really dampen... Uh, their their PR for for this event, which I think has many issues attached to it. Otherwise, which I, well. I I do believe that there are probably people that are like when it comes to going to to Saudi Arabia. Like I I think that you have a, a level of audience now that it's just well this is what it is. They're doing this, yeah. and I I don't sense the kind of fervor that you know the there's still it's not like. These issues have changed, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, I think that the fact that there was such a heightened, um, you know, distaste in people's mouth because of Jamal Khashoggi, that you don't have that pressing um, smoking gun this year. Even though there are many larger problems um, attached to it, it's like the crisis in Yemen. Like we we yeah, can go on and changed. on. None of that has changed. No, and it just seems that well, we've gone through the worst of it, and now people just kind of shrug their shoulders. They know there's problems with it, but have kind of resigned the fact that this is a ten year deal. And I think it is important to, to talk about this and whether you feel uh, right in supporting these shows and voting with your dollars of what the WWE is clearly comfortable going ahead with. Hundred percent. Let's go back to the phone lines, caller. You're in the cafe. What's up? Uh, hello. Hi. Who's this? Hi. Uh, it's Katie from Hamilton. Hello, Katie. Hey, what's up? Uh, well, I was just doing a Bob Ross painting and thought I would join the cafe. Wonderful. Oh, wow. What a what a great companion piece to go with uh, the cafe hangout. <laughs> We'd I, love to see it. What are you painting? Um, mountains with like a little water in front. Classic Bob Ross. Wow. Well, your your artistic taste uh, greatly exceeds <laughs> ours. So. Thank you so much for the call. What did you want to uh, chat about today, Katie? I just wanted to mention that after watching uh, AEW and NXT and SmackDown, <laughs> that I thought actually NWA really impressed me a lot. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of my favorite show after watching all of them because I really love, um, like, I'm more of a modern wrestling fan around 2007. And so I really love going back and watching the 80s stuff. Um don't know why, just love it. <laughs> so I love the presentation. And I thought AEW actually did a really good job this week. I thought week two was much better and really encouraged me to continue watching it. Um, I thought the NWA did better, though, with setting up who everyone was and creating promos, packages for them that made them all very interesting and explained who they were. We got to see 
uh, little uh, match clippets on our YouTube that let us show like finishers and, and moves and stuff so that we got to get excited for everybody. Yeah, uh, thank you very much, Katie, for, for, for the call and, and great points. We'll uh, answer your, your uh, question off the air or, or comments off the air. Uh, yeah, NW Power, like... Yeah, incredible reception like I, that like, i don't think anybody would have expected no way beyond was what i was anticipating like I, I was looking forward to watching what this show would be we talked about it last week i think the fact that those set photos got out i think that that grabbed a lot of people like this this looks cool i want to check mm-hmm. this out it's the reason i watched tuesday night as opposed to just waiting later in the week I, like i wanted to see this and it i never could have imagined like the level of reception it's gotten like this thing is over on YouTube, at least, uh, 263,000 yeah. views as of Thursday afternoon. That's on top of uh, whatever they did on Facebook. And it just seems like it is spread yeah. across to everyone. And I have seen minimal complaints about this show. I can definitely say, like, I personally didn't expect the level of, like, craving for that style of professional wrestling. You know, so much of, I think, what we talk about every week is oh, did you see this amazing high-flying uh, cruiserweight match or this, like, a uh, crazy hardcore match or, like, you know, uh, like, whatever, right? Like, No, this week is... Blo- Dude, did you hear Tim Storm shout out his mother? She's 93. But, you know, the amount... The, the, the appetite that, that seemingly exists for just, like, bare-bones, old-school professional wrestling, southern-style professional wrestling, is, is very much there, and... I think they they really struck gold with like what what they are seeming to to offer. I do feel like maybe things are getting a little bit overblown because it's only been been one episode, but the potential is so great. Just the, the it, it did a great job week one to to grab you. I I don't think you can just simply and, and I don't think they want to just be known as well. well we're the nostalgia product. Yeah. Like to me, the the set and the throwback that needs to be an accent to. Mm-hmm. The talkers and the stories that they tell that ultimately have to be the meat and potatoes of the show. But in this environment that, you know, you see that shot of the of David Marquez at the interview area. You want to hit that clip on Twitter yes. if you see, like the visual jumps out at you without yes. having to even see anything. That gets you in through the door. But I think what keeps you sticking around is, you know, we, we talk about this nostalgic visual. But what the, the real benefit of, of going back to that style is the way that they produce the television. The which, principles the of principles. match building and yeah, payoffs. Exactly. Easy to tell stories. Very simple stories. And the space for great talkers to talk on, you know, uh, live to tape. Uh, a, a setting really hot crowds really benefited as well so you which know, was like it was like 100 people it's like getting to travel into a time machine to see what modern day wrestlers would look like in that old setting and they picked again a great roster that really excels in that type of environment and i'm especially happy because there's so many wrestlers out there who can't wrestle like will osprey who can't wrestle like kenny omega but can talk like you know uh, Dusty Rhodes and talk like Ric Flair and those guys will will now f- be able to find a home to excel in a, a show like NWA Power. And if you can get people to care about the winner, the loser, you're invested in the story, like that will make that will be the match. Yes. And it's the it, matches are you are more invested into it even if they're not doing triple Canadian destroyers because you're attached to the story. Tim Storm like like in a short minute like he he like that match got over back. great yeah. in the main event, and we saw it on like an even higher scale going back to to All In with with Cody and Aldis. Mm-hmm. And I think the lesson of this week is what a, a what a hole there has been in 
large professional wrestling promotions with promos yes. and how people just want to hear guys that can cut promos that are not restricted. And that's an area that I don't care what WWE uh, wants to adjust. That ain't changing anytime soon. Like that is just, you are arrested with that system and this is a major hole. And it's one area where you cannot say professional wrestling has gotten better in over the last 30 years. As much as the in-ring has improved, the athletes are that much more superior. But when it comes to talkers, there aren't a giant amount of them, or at least we're not exposed to guys that can go out there with, with limited or no restrictions and can play off a crowd and can cut promos like we saw on Tuesday and Wednesday night with with Jericho. Let's go back to the phone lines. And apologies if you haven't been able to get through. We only have one line, so keep calling. We will try to make time for everybody before the end of the show. Uh, and at the end of the show, we'll hopefully have our ratings for uh, last uh, Yes, last I, will, uh, I will keep this uh, updated to see when the numbers come out. Caller, you are in the cafe. What's going on? Good afternoon. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have a record number of people in the cafe right now, and yet... We've, we've, we still managed to have um, this guy stumble his way through the door and find a seat. What is up, Brandon? How are you? We're live with the Joker. Oh, what a move. You're right away. It was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to... Are you going to see it this weekend, John? I'm going to see it at some point. Okay. i got to watch Spider-Man this weekend, apparently. So yes. I, I don't know when I'll get to the Joker. But I, I, you guys can talk it about was it. Pretty, I, I thought it was a, a pretty incredibly constructed film. How long is it? I don't even know. Like two? It, was, it was like that type of movie where I wasn't looking at my clock at, or, or my watch at all. I think it was about two. Hey, Brandon, I have one question for you, okay? We had the archivist uh, quoting my line about The Undertaker visiting Black Creek Pioneer Village, and you responded, LOL. How did you... Do you even know what Black Creek Pioneer Village is? Because that was not a joke aimed at anyone outside of the, uh, the Toronto, North York area. I may have heard of it before, yeah. <laughs> I Maybe. just love to know my jokes are going to land with, with someone in New Jersey. You know, I'm starting to no suspect matter what. that Brandon doesn't actually live in New Jersey. That's a great like, Maybe he actually lives a great in, theory. in Vaughn and is, has been pretending to be from New Jersey this whole time. Yeah, I, I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call me, a charlatan? Like Brad Shepard? Okay. Do you have any questions? <laughs> yes, I did. I did have, I have a couple questions. That I, I, I get out the cafe. <laughs> Are you going to make it? Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'm going to be all right. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get heat in the locker room with the boys. Uh, my question, uh, like, what, what NWA power, is that how I'm saying? Or do I have to roll the R? Yeah, power. you nailed it. Yeah. Um, with the whole old school, like, motifs and whatnot, you think uh, NXT, maybe NXT did something like that with their studio? Maybe that's what they're missing besides the, huh. the whole energy? You know, it's an interesting question about, like, if any other promotion can do what the NWA has tried to do. And I don't know if that's possible because in those letters, it 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 car- they, the brand carries so much history, whereas NXT is the opposite. It's it's about what's next. It's about what's in the future. So I don't think it'll work. I, I, I don't see how any company could go back to it now. Like, um, it just... It would be copycatting at this point to to no effect, and you're right. Like so many companies, it's just it would not be a pivot. I think they could pull off by trying to do this. Like they, the NWA ha- has found like a space for them in the pro wrestling sandbox that I think they have pretty much distinctly made their own. 
the question will be how how big of a piece of that sandbox is there out there um, in terms of people that want to go check this product out weekly. Because the, 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 the NXT's been it's good, but like AEW energy for the last two shows is incredible, and like I don't know if you've watched the show in Philly that because that's where they're going next week. I mean, the energy there is going to be ridiculous. I mean, I think it's going to be more boisterous of a crowd than the last two shows, to be quite honest. Philly, yeah. I could definitely see that. And uh, uh, two quick things real quick. Um, can you can someone explain to me what Damien Priest is? <laughs> is, is, he, is he a nightclub owner? Is he a vampire? <laughs> he's a... Uh... <laughs> He runs like, uh, he, you know, he's aware that there was a, a real pro, uh, prominent goth scene like over a decade ago. So he's uh, there's a there's an opening for a goth guy in NXT after. Yeah. Yeah. Him and no way Jose would be good drug dealer tag team. <laughs> wow. A whole stable. Yeah. And, and one more, and, it reminds me of like uh, Stefan from uh, was it Stefan from uh, Saturday Night Live on the weekend updates? He would always come in and talk about the hot new club. He reminds me of Stephen Clay works. from. Uh, he reminds me of Stephen Clay from uh, the old Cheryl Hospital soap opera. <laughs> and one more thing: uh, separation at birth. Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, one more thing: separation at birth. Uh, Raiden Harrington and uh, and Eddie Kingston. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> I don't see it at all, but okay. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Not the craziest comparison in the world. What? <laughs> um, oh my goodness, Brandon from New Jersey. There's only one. Thankfully. Thank you very much, uh, Brandon, for the call. Um, do you want to just continue with the calls here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, phone lines are open right now, everybody, so get your calls in. Uh, anything else in the news that you wanted to chat, chat about, John? Um, we didn't talk about this on Wednesday night, but what are your thoughts? A, Hulk Hogan is going for another back surgery, and he's going to recover from said back surgery and wants to have a match at WrestleMania with Vince McMahon hey, in Tampa. Listen, the stem cell stuff is helping a lot of people get uh, new Kurt conf- Angle's the latest to go do it. New confidence in, in their career. So- you have to go to the Bio Accelerator YouTube page and watch some of these testimonials from these. Like, it's got to be, it's part of the package that you do one of these sit-down testimonials for them, which makes sense. But it's just full of wrestlers and MMA fighters that have got this. And I mean, I, they they rave about it. Like I'm assuming it's it's really helping them. I I really don't know what type of back surgery Hogan's going to go for, but I mean, I don't know if there's any surgery that'll exist that'll make that. This is number like match. eight or nine for him, something like, like that. I don't. I think he's way beyond the age where he should even be thinking about it. No, I don't think not in WWE. I just oh, don't God. think they're going to have that kind of. Um, I I just don't see them ever this signing is, off on a Hogan or Flair wrestling this again is, much less kurt angle i mean that um this crown jewel thing is is the perfect like spot for him like have him do that shit over there and please stay out of the ring yeah i i don't see it happening at all but it's hogan he's always oh. gonna push for one let's go back to the phone lines caller you're in the cafe hi this is it's joel from uh uk hey joel what's how going are you on? hello first time caller and all that kind of spiel thank uh, you very much so uh, I finally got the kids to bed at a decent time, so I was able to put my feet up, watch AEW, and it eventually went on ITV Hub and give you guys a call. Uh, now, how has it been for you, Joel? Like, are you managing to stay away from spoilers? Are you reading spoilers and not caring? What's it been like for you uh, trying to watch this uh, in two weeks? Oh, no, I'm a guy of habit. I listen to your guys' review, and then, and then I see if I uh, see if I want to watch it. So uh, okay. it's not listening to one of your reviews and going, oh, I'm going to watch it. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah, so I'm, I've got AEW on at the moment, um, and it's very ad heavy. But um, mm. I thought I'd call about um, uh, NWA Power because um, <laughs> I wonder if um, ROH are just looking at at NWA and going, "Man, we we missed a trick. If we oh, built yeah. a company around a uh, champion, it would have been uh, it would have been a different story." Because mm. Nick Aldis is was sensational um i've not been a massive fan of his but it really impressed me yeah Um, i I think it's really hard to come out of that power episode and not look at nick aldis like this is the perfect guy to be their champion for what they're trying to push and yeah i think with ring of honor i mean that to me has been their detriment this year is that i don't think they can they can succinctly put into words what they are what is their product in 2019 that makes them unique and Whatever you want to think about the NWA, they narrowed in on a vision and they have gone full steam ahead with it. And whether it works or not in the long term, they've got that vision of separating themselves. And you've got to commend them for just just going with something that yeah, it's it's it'll be left to the public if it ultimately works or not. Cer- certainly, like uh, Joel brings up a great point about how I mean ROH had. The NWA under under you know working with them, they had David Lagana working with them for all this stuff. I, to me personally, I would have loved for ROH to go more towards the vision that we've ultimately seen with NWA Power, a more back to basics approach that would at least make them stand out. You know, for the longest time, I think we looked at ROH as it, it, it had a certain identity, it had a certain personality. It was the place you go to for hot indie matches that you wouldn't get anywhere else. But since then. What identity, what personality has it had that made it that makes it stand out? Yeah, it's not now, you know, the gateway to get to see New Japan talent live. If you're not in Japan, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, it's, you know, it's just seems like this this weird cross section of we're a little bit of everything, but not over overtly anything. Yeah, unfortunate. So it just seems like they, they've I, just picked away from the buffet and it's like we don't really have our own recipe we've just borrowed from so many different things like i can't tell you necessarily mm-hmm. what what is the vacuum that um they are occupying at the moment what what hole are they filling that the wrestling fan is looking for in their daily weekly wrestling consumption it's it's a ma- it's amount of like retooling that i think really requires like a, 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 a i hate to use the term reset in, in a wrestling context but i i feel like it, it it's almost like what what, what the point is at right, right now with the uh, ring of honor yeah, and um, a note as well on uh, the David Lagan interview, which, as Wei mentioned, I did earlier today. We're going to run that on Sunday, and part of it, I talked to him about the idea that if a large partner comes on board and is willing to financially invest in this, like what, at this level, you guys have gone with your vision, How wh- what is how important is it to be able to maintain that vision? Because as you bring on partners vision and your own ideas that's where compromises have to take place when you take on those partners and Mm -hmm. it's something that ultimately roh and nwa stopped working over so when you get those many people and you have large amounts of money potentially in the mix then you've got to make compromises i mean if you and i were swallowed up by some big uh, site that wanted to like run things we'd be giving up a lot of creativity and mm-hmm. it's, it's something i would not want to compromise on but ultimately that's something that you have to negotiate let's go back to the phone lines caller year welcome uh welcome to the cafe hey how's it going guys uh i don't want to be too negative on nxt but i feel like 
I don't know, with the whole NXT and AEW thing, I feel like the problem that NXT has is that there's, like, no stakes attached to anything. Like, I've seen all of these guys, Ricochet, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, all go to the main roster, and ultimately, like, that should be the final destination, and anything that happens in NXT, I can't get that invested into it, because I've seen all these guys go to the main roster, and they get so undermined. I know they want to make it its own thing or whatever, but... I just can't invest into it, whereas AEW have all these fresh characters, and it seems important enough where that is the final destination. That world title is something that's attainable, where I, I'm just, you know, I can't get into Adam Cole because he's going to go to the main roster at some point, you would think, and he's just going to be another guy because I've seen it so much in the past. And even like Finn Balor coming back, he lost a bunch of matches on the main roster and then got demoted to NXT. So I know I'm being a little negative, but if you guys could speak on that a little bit, I'd like to see, uh, hear where you guys are coming from. Yeah, I mean, like, that to me is not the biggest hang-up on NXT because I think, like, that's always been the case that people have viewed NXT as, you know, the the first step for someone that's under contract to get up to Raw or SmackDown. If anything, I think they're trying to curb that now because mm-hmm. NXT is a bigger priority. And NXT has been able to build, build their reputation off hot matches, pretty good storytelling i think that you know you don't get stuff that just gets dropped out of nowhere or we're going to change our mind at the last minute on something it's like you get pretty cohesive storylines and to me the greatest sleight of hand has been the wwe able to create this offshoot cool sub brand to them that didn't feel distinctly wwe Mm -hmm. and i think in this light now on wednesday nights you are starting to view this much more as like this is wwe's a weapon of choice against AEW. So you've you've somehow I think you've kind of altered that that perception a little bit in the in at least two weeks in. Yeah, like I I would concede like it does have good wrestling and all that, but I just feel like the the stakes aren't that big if you guys understand what I'm saying. But yeah. I don't know if that's something to do with the crowd. I don't know if that's something to do with a lot of the wrestlers going up and not feeling that big. Um but mm. yeah that, that that's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, I, I I think I think the caller is trying to talk about how you know beyond the the NXT Championship, what would be a next step for somebody like an Adam Cole? What do you see that being? Do they just stick around and hopefully win the title again, or is that upper upwards mobility still there? And you know, until I guess something changes on the main roster with how they change, uh, you know, uh, booking guys that come up from NXT. Well, I, I think you have to get away from that mindset, and that's on them to present that, that it's not just, well, you have your run, and then it's you're automatically called up. Like, that's kind of the formula, and that's what we're all going to speculate with Shayna Baszler. But, you know, now it's – you've got to be – like, when we see on the main roster, you lose a title, it's not like you're moving on to the next territory. It's the idea that you have to program these guys year-round if they are – staying on on the main roster or you you can adjust them as well i I don't think like the stakes to me it's like they have very i think their titles are largely protected i think that you know wins and losses mean more to me there than it does on the main roster you're not but you are blowing through more big matches now because you're going weekly like Mm -hmm. keith lee and dominic dijakovic that could have been something a year ago that saved for takeover and instead we're going on a week's notice back to it and you are going to burn through matches a lot quicker and with the added hour each week so you are going to somewhat trivialize the specialness of some of these matches when you Mm -hmm. um have to be putting on big name matches on a weekly basis. I feel like NXT is almost in a position now, you know, where we just talked about with Ring of Honor and that it has to be able to find its own identity that is different 
from AEW. If AEW has the big set and the big staging, what can make what can NXT do to make itself stand out that is different from what you would typically get? Because right now, I th- I could see in the future AEW is going to fulfill that need for a lot of people of seeing great wrestling, possibly great storytelling, but in a better environment and in a grander grander stage. So, does NXT have to find their own niche now? Yeah. I just it, it hit me on Wednesday before that, you know, I was you know, each Wednesday night when I would watch NXT, and granted, that was closer to a 60-minute show that had uh, 60 minutes of actual uh, content time versus now we're watching the two-hour show with commercials built in. But to me, the the two-hour version, I didn't typically feel NXT would drag prior on the WWE Network, and I, I did feel that this week. Do you the- feel like that would change if you watched NXT first? I don't think so, because I think there was a lot of stuff in the middle there that was just kind of like this felt as though it was just we've got to fill these two hours. Right. And this could have been a much tighter 90 or even 60 minute show as opposed to two hours that I think it's um, you're you're trying to fill a lot in there. At this point, shall we uh, maybe play your clip with uh, David Lagana? Sure. So uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, SE Scoops had actually reported this, that there had been talks involving uh, the NWA and the WWE to potentially put the show that you saw on Tuesday night onto the network. So I asked uh, David Lagana about the likelihood of this, how close things got, and he explained the talks that went down and kind of where things are when it comes to uh, – further distribution beyond just YouTube and Facebook. We've spoken to the WWE multiple times since we bought the brand, even before we started running. Um, They're obviously talking to everybody. So anything is on the table with them and anybody else, but again, under the same guidelines. So it's, you know, we're very open to doing business, but again, we wanted to prove what we could do without anybody else. So that now when we go in there, we can present a clear vision because I've been pitching television shows on and off for 18 years. And you go into these rooms with these people and they 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 are of, of the same mind as you as a creator. How much is it going to cost? How much audience am I going to bring? And when you aren't up in WWE was able to get their giant television deal based on numbers, what they're able to bring in analytics and your deals are based on what you bring to the table. So for us, that's how we wanted to like prove the point. And for us to get the numbers we got in one in one day really showed the potential. And I think it's not, it's, and I think there's a lot of curiosity factor on any new shows. Like I'm sure that first week numbers for the mass singer were probably really strong. And then the quality of the show, I think determines if people will come back. And I think the word of mouth coming out of this show and the, and the emotion it hit really, I think gives it a very long tail build moving forward. So that was David Lagana, vice president of the NWA. That entire interview, it's about 45 minutes, um, and that will be up Sunday at postwrestling.com, and we'll be on our free feed, so everybody can check that out. A lot of great insight into what went into the first episode, a lot about it, into the concept, who was responsible for the set design and other locations they had scouted, and long-term plans they have as well, knowing that you know they are really essentially just banking on this being a viable concept in the long term that they do have uh, a vision for as well. So a lot of interesting notes about the first episode. I've heard some reports that like the second week is or the second set of tapings are even better than the first. So I'm, I'm really excited to see him. Yeah. Um, I did ask him about when he sits down to start work on the second episode and he was planning to do that today on cool. Thursday. So that's kind of um, 
the the lead time that they have to plan the follow up, which I think they'll have like a, a healthy retention next week. I don't know if you can expect this level, but I think that that first show for 60 minutes, which I think is a good length time as we're talking about length mm-hmm. of shows uh, for people to sample next week of what what the follow up is like. From one uh, TV producer, we go to another in our weekly conversation with Tony Kane. Tony Kane. Tony Kane. Welcome back to I'm the here. cafe, everybody. I'm back, lads. Thanks for having me. It's been a busy week again, but uh, I'll always make time for my boys. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is you your down. one-stop shop every week, uh, Tony Kane. Yeah, the inside scoop. Uh, what um, did you want to chat about this week, Tony? Mainly Colin, the seat. Um, about power. And that was the thing that really kind of caught my eye this week. I was this is amazing really, how much feedback we're getting on, on power of all things this week. But that that's very telling. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, and I was shocked just because, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Like, I didn't have much experience watching that style of studio wrestling before. Like, kind of grown up in the early 90s watching mainly WWF stuff. But I just thought it was kind of funny that it reminded me so much of, um, what was the thing WWE put out a while ago? The uh, Southpaw. Regional oh, yeah. wrestling. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I got a kind of a feeling of that about it. And I thought, what was the, there was an ad for some wrestling school kind of early on. Yeah, yeah yes. that was so yeah. great. We never talked about that. That commercial was amazing. But I thought, like, like that was so on the nose and being very funny and kind of playing into the 80s throwback thing. Do you think they're going to continue with that and do you think that has a bit of a shelf life does does it take away from the product itself or is that what like does that have legs do you think i i totally understand what you're saying because when when i went into this like my feeling was like you want to have like your your nod to the past and maybe that's underselling like what they had but you don't want to be a parody of the past Mm. you want to be able to i think use it to kind of lift up your your product, your current stars, put them in this setting that's very endearing to your audience that has that that instant throwback feel. But I don't think you want to delve into like just being a parody of the past and make it uh, yeah. too comedic uh, in terms of its presentation. And I thought they kind of walked that line pretty well. Like this was not a show done for for punchlines and cliches of the past. But but the commercial breaks are the perfect time for you to inject some of that humor in. Now, I don't I don't I still don't know if that Austin Idol school is real or not. It's real. It's real. Oh yeah, it's real. <laughs> but the commercial is very much done, I think, in jest though. Yes. You know? But but brilliant. You know, I think like I would love to see them more do more of these like, you know, cheesy kind of eighties style commercials or something like getting out of the studio and shooting vignettes with guys in the way that, you know, you would typically see in in a show like that in the past. Um, I, the, the amount of creativity that I think is possible with a show like this is, is really great. Tony, absolutely. will you be watching yeah, uh, ne- next week's show? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like the ease of access to the show. You know, I can, I can come home, I can watch it on YouTube, my TV straight away. There's no issues with, you know, trying to have to uh, access the ITV streams for AEW and, you know, maybe using less than legal means to watch other wrestling shows as well no um, I, I thought it was a smart strategy like youtube is the engine that people are most familiar with you're not going to you know you're not going to be able to purchase a summer home off of youtube programming unless you're in, in a very very high uh, view count but i think that it's the thing most people are familiar with and i would opt to go that way than you know a twitch or even a fight tv for your weekly tv Absolutely. where you're 
like I, I don't use a whole lot of Twitch, even for wrestling stuff. And with Fight TV, uh, if, if it's a big event, sure. But for your weekly TV, I, I think that's a tough ask for people that YouTube is the easiest go-to method for most people. And you look at the views that they were able to. I don't think they would be able to get that level of views on any other platform than YouTube. Yeah. And that's what they're going for is like just to Eyeballs. hit as many people yep. as possible. That was the goal of week one. And they, they achieved that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Thank you, uh, Tony, for your call. We uh, hope to talk to you again next week. But uh, new caller, you are in the cafe. What's going on? Hey, boys. It's Paul from New Jersey. Hi, Paul. Hey. Uh, just a couple other notes from the watch-along last night. Oh. Or last night, rather, on uh, Sunday. Um, that line about the Hell in the Cell wasn't the funniest thing Xbox said. When Seth pulled out the sledgehammer, he just starts snickering, and he <laughs> goes, Oh, Triple H's sledgehammer. This was definitely going to be the finish. And started laughing. <laughs> I want I'm Sean like, Waltman to be on all of these. He he was. I only saw five minutes of that watch along, but he was the star of that show. Oh, uh, he was amazing. But the reason I bring that up is um, also before him, Cesaro was on, and I mean he was basically cutting a shoot promo. I mean you could imagine the guy seems pretty frustrated with um, you know WWE right now. And I was going to ask after the draft, like. I know way, and you guys are talking about like who we could see, you know, kind of get built up. Do you think there's any chance after this draft? Do you think he can ascend to a main event role, or is he just where he is? I think he is where he is. As uh, yeah. unfortunate as that is to say, I just think he's got the factor. I think working against him, it, it's twofold. Like it's it's age, which I would disagree with, and I think that people have just seen him in that role for so long. Unfortunately, people in positions of power that have seen him as this guy that's been at that level for two since 2012 he's been on the main roster that's a long time and i have zero doubt in the world that if that guy left wwe he would tear it up wherever he goes and i would 100 percent believe that this guy look at the look at the shape this guy is in like i have no doubt that this guy has no signs of breaking down that he still has quality years left in him, but I just feel he has been cast in this spot, and I just don't see him ascending out of it, uh, much less with those capris on, where it's, it's tough for upward mobility. Okay, let's say he goes to NXT. Do you see it being any different? Better than his spot now. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, at this stage of your career, do you want to be going? It depends. Do you want career fulfillment, or do you want to, to be you know, potentially... Leaving the money on the table that a main roster position comes with. You know, there certainly is, I think, you know, the constant criticism of maybe his inability to cut a promo or, or you know, sound like a top star. And maybe that's valid. But I, I don't know if it is when you consider the fact that I think if he was in any other company, he would still be perceived as a great, you know... Like, is Brock Lesnar really a, a top star? Yes, it's Brock Lesnar. But, like, he's a man who, you know, doesn't have to cut promos all the time and is strictly perceived as a physical threat. And I think Cesaro could very much be positioned as the same, but he's not in an environment that is conducive to that for a guy who's not a super heavyweight. I... I feel like WWE is probably full of great talkers that we are just do not get to see and are not put in situations where that is a strength that they get to really flex that muscle. I I would say Kevin Owens is only scratching the surface of what that guy is capable of. That guy is maybe one of the best improvisers I have seen in match situations and on the microphone that, you know, he's a good talker in WWE, but I think he would be that much better, um, just simply in other environments. And I think we, we have seen enough of guys that have succeeded elsewhere and also talent that can get over w- without being the best of talkers as well. Mm-hmm. 
Any other thoughts, uh, uh, caller? Um, just kind of like, yeah, I really, I really think what you guys said on was correct, and also with the accent, I think that's my worry about. And of course, Cesaro speaks um, better English, but I feel like. I feel like this guy Andrade is a complete star, and I just feel like the option is, well, he doesn't speak American, so I don't know if we can push him, and I just hope that's not the case because, you know, anytime any wrestler on the card brings him up, they have nothing but glowing things to say about him, and they say that he's the talented guy ever, so I hope that that isn't something that uh, affects Andrade the same way I think it's affecting Cesaro. But, yeah, hey, thanks for the uh, – take my call, guys. Thanks as always, Paul. Thanks, Paul. We appreciate the uh, the comments. Um, we are still awaiting the, uh, the numbers to come down. It's yeah. just after 4 PM. So they should be coming down probably in the next 10 minutes or so. We will see. Do you, do you have any expectations? AEW is kind of a hard one because we don't know what the audience is going to be like split over the two networks, but mm-hmm. for NXT, uh, compared to last Jeez. week, do you see them being, I think it's gonna be really hard for them to maintain what they had last week. I mean, AEW is a tough one, but I also feel like most people are probably not as aware of i think that late breaking news as as you might expect so i think a lot of people have it instinctively you know on tnt we'll we'll check tnt and, and probably stuck with you're TNT. probably right yeah i think um, it'd be a small number that would be on true tv judging by the reaction and you know very informal polls just across maybe our own platforms i sense almost everybody watched aew first instead of nxt this week i would imagine a lot of people who even watched nxt like last week probably watched aew first this week so i think the gulf will be bigger i think aew's number will be bigger and i think a nxt's will be will be smaller yeah um by how much is the question according to my twitter account that jericho promo was really over with people yeah I, like hansi mentioned somebody like you know talking like people criticizing it i i personally didn't see that i didn't see like, any criticism of that promo to me it was almost like universal praise but... I think that was like maybe if you're gonna go either show what was the highlight segment that was it the promo more yeah, so than so. any of the matches yeah i think it was just so refreshing for people to see um that style of, of, of promo and truly seeing like the like the value of a Chris Jericho. Like if that did not cement like this guy being champion as opposed to like Hangman being placed in this role too early, he is your long-term project. But for now, I can't think of a better guy to have in that role than Jericho. And True. he's and it's trickling down. And his group, I think they all benefited greatly. Like look at look at the guys they got over that night of the inner oh, yeah. circle, Darby Allen, private party. Yeah. This was in two hours, and they did a great job. I think you know, uh Jericho, whatever he's getting paid, he demonstrated that it was more than worth it because I think whatever you're paying him, he is the type of talent that will have his value trickle down and he could potentially get a quarter of your roster over with him at the helm either working with or against uh, all these unknown guys. So all of a sudden, people like Sammy Guevara or Jake Hager, of all people, are seen in a brand new shining light because of uh, Chris Jericho's leadership. Do you have a prediction, John, for like uh, Canadian numbers? For AEW this week? I think there's a good chance it's higher this week. Last yeah. week it was 109,000. That was the average. Without, on without any promo- 24 promo. hours of promotion. It le- like on my guide, it wasn't even updated. So it didn't even list AEW. So I could very well see this week doing higher. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We go to Boyd. Boyd, are you a first time caller? Yeah, I am. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Boyd. Welcome. Um, before I start, I just want to say I absolutely love the output you do. Um, you're probably my most listened to podcasts. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Where are you, um, where are you just, calling from, Boyd? Uh, Glasgow in Scotland. Oh, awesome. Cool. Uh, so I just wanted to call in um, because I'd hoped to actually watch the second episode of AEW Dynamite, um, but as of 9 o'clock in the UK, it's still not up on ITV Hub. Oh. It was meant to be up about two hours ago. 
Um, I watched the episode last week. I was hoping it'd be good. Um, I'd watched some of the pay-per-views, and I'm an ex WCW NWA guy, um, so real hopes that it would be closer to that style of wrestling. Um, having watched a couple of the pay-per-views, I was a bit off-put by some of the stuff. I'm not into the comedy stuff that had been on the the kind of buy-in shows, um, the pre-shows. But um, I watched the full show last week and thought it was excellent. Um, watched the full hour and a half, didn't fast-forward it, um, which is the first time I've watched a full wrestling show and I can't remember how long. Um, normally I watch Raw, we get an hour's highlights in Sky over here um, on a Sunday, and normally I fast-forward it and it takes me about five minutes to watch it. Um, so I was really, really impressed with what they did. So my question, I suppose, was... I'm not a big fan of the guys like Orange Cassidy and I appreciate that that's not what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they'll push that comedy stuff on the main Dynamite show or do you think they'll keep those guys for more online stuff? I think, you know, the librarian experiment that you saw on the on the pre-shows and really a lot of the comedy that you saw on the pre-shows to those uh, 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 pay-per-views that they did before they got live on TV taught them a great deal of lessons about how much they can integrate BTE-style comedy into the body of AEW. And the negative reception that a lot of that stuff got, I think you... Uh, ultimately saw the result of you know them saying that bte will kind of be kept on its own and road Two is really more of the style guy that we're going to follow for awtv going forward i feel like in places there is certainly a role for comedy and i think one of those places is in the midst of a tag team with you know essentially a mascot for the best friends that Let's be honest, like, I think the best friends are good, but they haven't exactly exhibited a ton of personality or exhibited a ton of, I think, you know, um, reasons for people to latch on to them. Orange Cassidy is getting that entire team over and it's working. And I certainly I could see people getting offended or just, you know, not liking it. But I feel judging by the crowd reactions, uh, more certainly more people love him than dislike him um i got a few notes here about the the draft and just some of the uh specifics here so uh thank you very much for your call boyd uh please call back uh next week um so it sounds like the idea is that the celebrities are going to be incorporated but the one actually going up to the podium and announcing the picks will be stephanie mcmahon and presented uh, it was compared to me like Roger Goodell in the NFL at the draft as like the commissioner that comes out and okay. announces Raw is picking this, SmackDown is picking them. Okay, so it looks like cool. Stephanie will be in that role. So will there be actual actual executives, you know, on, on screen representing Fox or USA? I don't think so. I think that's what you're going to get analysis from the celebrities. And I don't know if those are taped. I don't, I don't imagine they're all going to be there live, but I think they're all going to be filming bits like going over different uh, strategies and analysis. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this like new what sounds like more of a sports like presentation for for this draft. It sounds like you know at least with with Fox on board or at least having a great deal of influence, you might see a way better presentation of what the draft was than what we've seen in the past with like the randomizer or just like guys coming out for no reason. Yeah, definitely. I, I think you know they they've got the structure now in place, and I think that it's you know. We we knew, especially on the Fox broadcast, they really wanted to make this like like a sports draft, yeah. which when it's done well, like fans fans love drafts because Cer- of the 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 strategy attached to it. Certainly, like in the difference between what we saw last week on the Fox debut and what we saw this week on Raw, and even last week on Raw, 
I think we see a difference in the presentation of professional wrestling, where I think on Fox you saw a minimum, if any, of like backstage interviews. I don't feel like we really saw anything. We certainly didn't see anything as ridiculous as Bobby Lashley and and Lana and 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 Rusev. Um, you know, I feel like even like like it felt like a much more serious effort at, pre- at presenting a wrestling show. Whereas raw felt like kind of your same old ridiculousness as did hell in a cell. So hopefully like that influence continues and SmackDown continues to be a serious wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think you need to establish that, that difference in tone and that'll be, you know, the, the next step coming out of this draft to kind of separate the shows um, from a, kind of philosophical presentation too as we uh, await the uh, numbers for uh wednesday we go back to our phone lines and cram in as many calls as we, as we can neil welcome back to the cafe hi guys how's it going hey very well what's on your mind Good. um i'll try and keep it a little briefer than, than i normally do I, I beat myself up sometimes when i put the phone down and say when i look at the skype not at all uh, timing at all. and think oh my god it was on there for however long you know and sometimes i realize i haven't even asked a question <laughs> All good. But, so All I'm good. going to try and do better as he spends the first minute saying crap like that. But I, I did want to mention power again, uh, like a lot of people have. I think what they've done, what they've managed to do so well is uh, create a studio environment for wrestling um, that really works. Um, they did. They tried to do this on ITV with the World of Sports show. I don't know whether either of you saw much of that. Um, I saw the pilot that they did. Uh, yeah, John, it was pretty grim. Very, very badly edited, I have to say. It was one of the problems with it. Uh, the crowd noise was edited too, but it was all done in a TV studio and it just didn't, it really did not work. Even though they had some very talented people on there. Kip Sabian, who's now with AEW, was on it. Um, well, Osprey did a couple of shows. That, you know, I mean, there were some very good people on that show, but it just didn't work. Um and the other thing was your mystery caller from earlier. We didn't, I don't think we got a name who mentioned the NXT situation. Um, for me, the heyday of NXT was really when it was beginning to catch fire. The the second or third takeover shows. Um, and we had, in on this side of the pond, we'd really just started getting the network. And so there was this wonderful, I thought wonderful, um, slow build with Sami Zayn, who just couldn't win. You know, he could never win the big, the big uh, match, and then he did uh, against Adri- who was then Adrian Neville, you know, Pack, pack um, and was immediately um, destroyed by Kevin Owens. I don't know if you remember that show, um, and I thought NXT was was super was superb at that time, and one of the one of the perhaps upsides of um, a show that is pre-taped and and planned out in advance so far is that you can do longer, more meaningful storylines. And I, I think there is a slight danger perhaps with NXT now that they'll try to hotshot each week and they'll, you know, you won't get that, that build, that long storyline. Um, and it's also, I guess, a danger for... Um, for AEW in the long term at least you know at the moment it looks like the world's their oyster with with, uh, the number of matches they can put together and so on but eventually the time will come where we've seen where we'll all have seen 
you 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 get me you know you, we we we'll all have seen sort of all the combinations they can do and, yes. and that's just i guess going to be um a bit of a minefield for any weekly show um when they've got a two or three hours to fill but yeah. th- that's it this week Th- thanks and I'll, I'll listen to what you've got to say thank you neil thank you neil uh yeah he brings up a, an interesting you know, point of, of perhaps, you know, uh, talent. Have we seen all the combinations that we're going to see? But, you know, that's where I think shuffling people between the brand really comes into play. Bringing people like Finn Balor is certainly necessary to freshen things up. Um, I, I, you know, Cesaro, again, a perfect candidate for, for that as well. Without that upwards mobility for NXT top talent, um, can you see things being a bit more stale than, than in the past? Like somebody like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, how many times can those two feud before things get a little, a little too much? Yeah, I mean it's 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 the risk you run when you're doing like weekly television, and it's something that at times you know the the main roster certainly runs into when you are not, you know, it's not like the territorial system where you can just finish up a program and and move on. So I think that that's where you have to come up with creative outs for when a program is over, keeping guys apart from one another. You have a large roster, so that. That shouldn't be impossible to do and keep guys in. I mean, it's it's no different. Like, the AEW is going to run into that as well. They're doing two hours every week, and you only are going to ever have a finite number of talent. And you, you mix them in and out. So, like, I, I don't think that should be necessarily a, a handicap if you have your, your long-term ideas, know what you're doing, and can hopefully keep people in uh, captivating programs, at least your, your top guys. The chat room is buzzing right now because... PW Torch has reported the ratings from right. last night, John. Let's have at it. So according to at PW Torch, Wednesday ratings, AEW down to 1.018 million from 1.409 million last week. NXT down to 790,000 from 845,000 last week. So AEW down. Does that surprise you? Um, doesn't shock me. Uh, that's I, I, I'm curious what what was on true tv like what kind of a right. number they did on true tv hmm. um as well but yeah I'm not surprised uh i i was imagining that they would be in the ballpark of what they did they're they're down more than i thought week two um yes I unless, th- unless th- there's some kind of um crossover with, with the true tv audience he, that might even things out a bit more. sure so i guess we we await maybe those numbers to, to come fully but um you know if these numbers are, are maybe what they are, and if the true true TV number isn't more than let's say what it, it shouldn't be an enormous five hundred thousand. Like yeah, I don't think true TV that means there 000. are fewer wrestling fans watching this week than there were last week. Out of curiosity, one hundred percent. There, there definitely were. The NXT number was seven, seven according to PW Torch again. Of course, uh, seven ninety. 790. 790. So, I mean, they're down, not by not a dramatic amount. Yeah. yeah. So actually, which I, I think actually you take as. You know, it's considering they they threw everything at the wall yeah. last week, and you came back with like not a heavily promoted show, and it was only down like what would you say eighty thousand viewers roughly? Uh, yeah, yeah, something. Uh, well, no, less than that. Uh, fifty. 55. 50, 55,000 yeah. viewers. So, so that actually has to be looked at as a win almost for, for NXT. So the story very different, I, I would say, than maybe we predicted at the start of the show. But uh, again, maybe we, we try to wait. Oh, I think we have them now. Yes, we do have them. So let's uh, let's go through All right. So here. again, BuzzFeed Daily, everybody, is uh, where uh, we typically go for, for this type of information. I'm going to try to drag it up on the, uh, on the uh, f- um, feed, the video feed as well. So, 
Uh, okay, so John, uh, John, as we mentioned, here we go. BuzzFeedDaily.com. Uh, we can see our Wednesday top cable ratings right here. So as you can see, AEW uh, is number eight on Turner with 1.018 million. Now, I'm trying to see if True TV would even register on something like this. Yep, True TV did 122,000 viewers. Okay, so what are we looking at combined? So with the top number here, let's get an exact uh, number here. So we got NXT as well uh, doing 790,000. And maybe we'll look at some of the uh, uh, specific demographics a little bit later on as well, as John uh, ca- calculates. So AEW, 1,140,000. Okay. Still very respectable. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, yeah but that's, you know, the gulf really is not as big. as People 18 to 49 was a point four six for AEW, while NXT did a point two two. So they more than doubled in uh, people 18 to 49. So what was the the 18 to 49 last week for uh, AEW? I'll pull that right remember. Uh, I've got my breakdown here. So last week's AEW 18 to 49 number was a point six eight. So it, it so w- dropped. It, it was a it was a drop. Last week's NXT number was a point three two. So they were also down in uh, among people 18 to 49. Any uh, immediate takeaways you have from from uh, this this data? I mean, I think it's um, the. I, I think a, f- a fine follow up for AEW to still top one point one million when you consider uh, both airings of it, and um, they also have the replay at ten o'clock NXT. I would say, like, I wouldn't call that a victory, but I would say I, I thought they would be down a little bit more than that considering last week's show. But yeah. this is where I kind of see NXT sort of being in this in this range around the eight hundred thousand figure. Uh, until they do another big blowaway show, which we'll also see, are they going to be more reticent to do one of those big blowout shows on a Wednesday night versus, you know, potentially taking stuff that could be safe for a takeover, or is TV going to be where you're bi- like, if you were to do a Cole Tommaso Ciampa match, mm-hmm. like we, you would think that's a takeover. Do you put that on a takeover? Mm-hmm. One more question I have: do, What does what does Rod do for eighteen eighteen and forty nine? I don't have this week's, but last week last week was the big one with Hogan yeah. and Flair. They did a point eight nine, and, and, and I'm more so curious about this. Uh, week, this week they did a point seven five. Point seven five. Okay, interesting. Okay, so it to me it says a lot maybe about all the curiosity that was there last week that is not around this week. Were people just simply satisfied maybe ducking in and then seeing, hey, this is not really for me, and saying, you know, well, I'll watch something else instead on a Wednesday. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious as well in uh you know uh, of people 50 plus AEW was actually up. They did a this week they did a oh no, they were it's very hard to be going back and forth here. They were actually slightly down. They went from a 0.34 to a 0.30 and that was the audience they kind of struggled with last week and also had baseball competition again this week. So, I'm very curious where these numbers do without a uh, baseball competition as well once right. we get into uh post playoffs as hmm. well because you you did have the back-to-back games on uh Wednesday night which especially the game that started at 8:30 did uh, almost 5.9 million people. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's going to be way more analysis about these numbers as uh, John and other uh, t- very talented uh, uh, reporters out there break them down. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to be gleaned from from these results in the in the days to come. Yes. I. Are we waiting on something before we close the show? 
I want to. I'm double checking on the Canadian number, so I, I don't. Oh. I don't want to say. So okay, well, we'll get them. I'm sure on the yes. website very shortly. If I uh, get confirmation on that, I will certainly uh, report it along. So there you go, everybody. That is the end of the cafe hangout. I want to thank all of you for joining us again. Friday night, we're back with Rewind to SmackDown. If you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, Saturday, WH Park returns for Post Pro Res as we'll be chatting about all the different topics, including a preview of King of Pro Wrestling, and then Sunday, David Lagana at PostWrestling.com. Go check all of that find stuff out give away a round of applause for driving the ship as always and all of you great callers we got a ton today thank you all for uh, being there and thank you all for being in the chat room again some of the most fun i go back and almost like reread a lot of the the messages just because it's so buzzing and so lively so full of life thank you all so much you look wonderful take care have a great time goodbye <laughs>